Northwest Arkansas's population is growing rapidly, but what do we know about the current number of those in our area who are experiencing homelessness? We're going to dive into that topic on this week's edition of the Know the News podcast, production of the Northwest Arkansas Democratic Gazette Newsroom. Hi, everybody. My name is Dave Prozik. I'm a Metro Editor for the Northwest Arkansas Democratic Gazette and your podcast host this week. And I'm pleased to have with me a couple of guests. I want to introduce them right now. Uh, Stacy Ryburn is our Fayetteville City reporter, and he's writing a story that we plan to publish this weekend about the annual point-in-time count of the homeless in our area, and that count is scheduled for this Friday, January 27th. Stacy, thanks for joining us. Oh, well, thank you, Dave. I'm also happy to have with us Debbie Martin, She's director of the Northwest Arkansas Continuum of Care, which organizes the count, I believe. Am I right on that, Debbie? Uh, yes, with, in conjunction with the social work department of the, at the University of Arkansas. Okay, yeah, great. We could not do it without them. Well, Debbie, thanks so much for taking time to be here with us. Um, Absolutely, thank you. Stacey, uh, I'll start with you. Um, can you tell... Tell us, kind of give us a, a big picture of what this point in time count is all about and, um, you know, what what inspired you to write about it? Well, on its surface, it, it seems straightforward. Every year, uh, the service organizations that we have here in Northwest Arkansas uh, participate in what's called a point in time count. And what that is, it's, it's, it's a um, requirement by the federal government for these local continuums of care to uh, get as close a tally as they can of the number of people experiencing homelessness in a 24-hour snapshot. Uh, per the letter of the law, they have to do this at least every other year. Uh, as Debbie will tell you, uh, our organizations, they do it every year uh, for a variety of reasons. But the, the idea is to, is to get some kind of a picture of um, how many people are facing barriers to housing in our region and then that way, these uh, service organizations that we have, many of which people are probably familiar with, like Seven Hills, Salvation Army, Genesis Church, they can then uh, you know, use their resources in a, in a more targeted manner once they know, you know uh, who, who's out there and what they've been experiencing and what their barriers are. And, uh, you know, it, it's something that even though it happens every year, I don't think a whole lot of people necessarily know about. So I thought it'd be pertinent to go ahead and write a story for the weekend so people can understand, um, you know, wh what happens and, and why we do this every year. Mm -hmm. and, and just want to uh, clarify that we're recording this podcast on Thursday, so day before the count. Um, we're looking so, into the future. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, we don't know what it's, that count is going to be yet uh, as we record this, but uh, uh, the last count was conducted in March of last year. Is that correct? Yes, it was. And, and Debbie can tell you a little bit about, about this. It's typically the last week in January. The federal government sets the date. Uh, the local continues of care, they can they can seek a, an adjustment to that for various reasons. But but yes, last year was taken in March, uh, March 10th. And the, the count that they ended up with was 343 people experiencing homelessness. Um, that's in addition to, and this is a little different, and I think Debbie would be much better at clarifying this. There's also over 2,000 children who were reported by the school districts in our four-county area, Benton, Washington, Carroll, Madison, um, that, that, that 
also meet the definition of homelessness. But the count that we got last year was 343. The year before that, 2021, was a bit of an anomaly because there were COVID-19 restrictions in place. So the count there was 157. Uh, you know, that, that may not be so accurate. And the year before that, 2020, we were at 369. Um, all this information mm -hmm. is on the Continual Cares website. It, it goes back a few years. You can they break down the demographics, uh, shelter versus unshelter, the different kinds of temporary housing people might have. There's a lot of good information on their website. Mm -hmm. So Debbie, please uh, talk to us about what's involved in coordinating this kind of count. Uh, how do you go about it and what, what are the logistics involved? Yeah, for sure. So um, it is like, you know, like Stacey said, it's a very important count. Two years ago, we were not able to do an unsheltered count because of COVID. So, you know, our numbers did not um, reflect anyone who was unsheltered. And even our sheltered numbers were skewed because we, you know, we had a lot of people that were staying with family and not venturing out as much as would be normal. And then, you know, you had all your social distancing and, and those type of things. But um, to conduct a count, it's, you know, it's a committee process. So there's a lot of work that goes in on the front end as far as getting volunteers. Uh, University of Arkansas was able to, um, the social work department created a, basically a survey on an app. So we all have the survey on our phones and it's it's a really cool survey that even if you're not connected with Wi-Fi, we can do this without having to necessarily do paper copies. And then once we get back to a place of Wi-Fi, it will shoot all that information to the social work department for them to start, um, you know, just uh, putting all that data together. Uh, we have to, so the continuum of care is we are responsible for four counties. So Benton, Washington, Carroll, and Madison counties. So we will have teams in all four counties. Carroll and Madison um, looks a little bit different, you know, definitely than Washington and Benton counties. Population's different. People are more spread out, more rural, that type of thing. But we still have people that are um, meeting up with those experiencing homelessness and, and getting surveys. A big piece of that has to do with combining, getting volunteers that are willing to go out and working with the different police departments, the hospitals, local agencies to really kind of determine where are these people camping at, where are they out in the community, and then being able to take teams to identify those spots and then be able to go and do surveys. We also, so the, that would be our unsheltered count. Those are people who are Basically, we say um, that they are living in a place not meant for human habitation. So a car on the street, um, under a bridge, you know, places that are just, you know, they don't have water, those type of things. We actually had a family that um, we had to move into a hotel over the last um, two nights because of the snow and they were in a trailer and no heat, no water, pipes have burst. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a mom, dad, and five kids. So they're considered homeless. You know, um, so we spend a lot of time just identifying, you know, where are those teams going to be? How do we create a process by which they can safely um, work with those experiencing homelessness, ask them 
the questions. We never want to re-trigger them. We never want to make them feel um, bad about their circumstance, but rather, you know, our job is to be able to identify them and in a way that's kind and um, caring so that we can show the community and, you know, the, you know, HUD for sure, but also show our community, you know, how many people we have that are experiencing homelessness that have housing instability and along with a plethora of other, you know, issues. And then we, the other piece that we do is we call it our sheltered count. And that is anybody who's in emergency shelter. And that could be domestic violence shelters. That could be our Salvation Army sites, Bentonville, Fayetteville. We also call New Beginnings an emergency shelter site as well. So we send people there to make sure that we do surveys. Um, as an example, last night with the cold weather between both Salvation Armies and then we had some overflow um, overflow past the normal overflow with Salvation Army in Fayetteville. And we served, we served 169 individuals in three locations last night. Wow. So, you know, we know at least there are 169. We know there are more, but we were able to serve 169 last night. So our goal, hopefully, is, and it feels weird saying hopefully because no one, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to find homeless individuals, um, but we know that they're there and we want to be able to give them resources. So it's kind of a, it doesn't always feel super good, but we want to make sure that we identify and provide resources as much as we possibly can. So 169, and that's not counting our domestic violence shelters. So, you know, we, our count was three something last year and, you know, already I can tell you the 169 plus whatever was in, however many were in domestic violence shelters last night. And that was just, you know, less than 24 hours ago. Hmm. What, why is this important, Debbie? What, why does this matter? What do you do with the data that you collect? So it's important for lots of reasons. Um, one, obviously, you know, HUD requires this because, you know, the current, um, you know, the, the government wants to know countrywide how many homeless are in the United States. Mm -hmm. And so obviously, you know, they can't be everywhere. So this is a way that we can report area numbers so that we can have a big um, countrywide snapshot of what is happening. So that's why one reason that's why they they say we need to do it the last um, during the last week of January. So we're kind of all on the same page um, when we do the count. So it's very important for that aspect. Um, the current administration has been doing a lot of work with homelessness, and you know we've been able to see countrywide that like veteran homelessness has gone down, but chronic and individual and unsheltered homelessness has gone up across the country. And you know we could see that as well in our numbers. It's important for our community to see these to see these numbers and understand that for every number, for every set of initials, there's a person. 
And a lot of times there's a small person, right, a, a child right. who is not able to do the things that they need to do during the day, school, study, you know, work, because they're um, the the one thing that they really need, which is shelter, is not always available for them. So as we get this count, we want to be able to show our community and speak in not just, hey, we have homeless, but we have a count. We have a number. We have names and faces of individuals who are struggling in Northwest Arkansas. And to be able to you know, bring that to stakeholders and bring that to community leaders and say, you know, we can't solve this problem. Like the COC, I can't solve this problem, but I do believe together as a community, we can absolutely solve this problem. And Debbie, could and you... so that's, that's a big piece. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just cutting right in there. <laughs> um, I, I just yeah, you're wanted... Fine. You're fine. <laughs> I just wanted to ask uh, a little bit about um, sort of how you handle, because you were speaking about children, you know, we've we've got the the count that we do with the surveyors, and last year, like you said, it was about three hundred and forty three mm-hmm. people. There's also the mm-hmm. information that the schools provide, and last year it was two thousand two hundred sixty eight mm-hmm. uh, students that have reported. I was, I was wondering if you could just talk a little bit about the, the you know what those counts are and sort of the differences there. Yeah, absolutely. So, and we have to be really careful because you know we can say there's two two thousand or whatever homeless. Um, so the schools approach homelessness from a different way than necessarily HUD does. Now, I will say as a COC leader and as a community leader, I fall more into the school camp because the school follows McKinney-Vento, mm-hmm. which is a law that was pla- passed about um, what, you know, st- students and homelessness. They count doubled up which is couch couch hopping. Yes, they, they also count um, hotel stays, along with <coughs> sorry, along with um, sheltered and unsheltered, yeah. all as being homeless. And I would agree with that one hundred percent. Most of our families, most of our children, are couch hopping. So they don't necessarily have a consistent, stable place that they know every night that's where they're going to go. This is my bed. You know, I don't have to worry about where I'm going to sleep. Um, and that, of course, affects everything. Exactly. But that's so when we ask the school for their account, we, and they split it out for us, but we will ask them for those that they know that are couch hopping, those that they know are... Um, you know, in hotels, if and are paying for the hotels themselves, the families are. If the agents, if there's an agency for the hotel, then we consider them literally homeless. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then obviously those in domestic violence shelters, those in emergency shelters, and then we also ask for those that they know are unsheltered, because we have those. We have those too. They tend to be. Um, you know, older, excuse me, older, um, older uh, high school kids. Mm-hmm. We do have some single moms with little ones that are sleeping in their car. Mm-hmm. And that's super hard. 
Exactly. And and the reason I bring that up is uh, you see the number 20, 2,200 uh, children reported by the schools. Mm-hmm. And the reason I wanted to bring that up is, you, like you said, that many of them are doubled up. They, they, they do have a living arrangement of some kind. Uh, I just didn't want people right. to think that there are 2,200 children on the streets in Northwest Arkansas. I mean, it, there are some for sure, right. but it, it may not, they, the people have different situations. So that's why uh, we, we brought that up. Um, I, I Absolutely. Did. And we do have to remember, unfortunately, that a lot of these couch hopping, um, it means that they're not in a bed. Mm, you know, they exactly. could be on the floor. It could be, you know, multiple people in a bed. It, it's just not, it's just not ideal for, for children to be able to thrive. But the, the parents are doing the best they can, and, you know, that we need to, we support that, and we try to do everything we can to get them the resources, because we may not be able to get them housing immediately, but, you know, if we can get them other things to be able to move along their journey, that's what we're going to do. You had a count of 343 experiencing homelessness as of March 10th last year. Um is there any, do you have any expectations of whether that number is going to be more or fewer this year? Um, I do not feel like it's going to be less. Um, like I said, I, you know, we did 169 in emergency shelter plus our domestic violence. You know, I mean, you're, we're already close to two, you know, 210, 220 just thinking about the different spaces. Um, and honestly, it wasn't it wasn't as cold as it could have been. So there are some that will not leave their camps um, and will just will stay at their camps. So I, um, unfortunately, I think our numbers will be very similar, if not probably increase a bit. Mm-hmm. When will you have that number? Will it be after Friday? Or? Um, well, we so with the app, we hope to have our numbers sooner um, because there will be less paper inputting that we will have to do. We also do what's called a housing inventory count. So that's where we are looking at the agencies that are housing um, individuals, households experiencing homelessness. We do a comparison with that as well. Um, we probably won't have we'll have we'll have a, a, a pretty good idea by the end of next week. The other piece is we have seven days after we do the count to do follow-ups. So say we missed an individual but we know that we've been working with them or Seven Hills has been working with them or Salvation Army or New Beginnings. Um, we have seven days by which to kind of follow up and just kind of double check because we have our by name list and we have our list that we've, um, our HMIS list, Homeless Management Information Systems list. And so we can compare those with the pick count numbers to see if we've um, been able to meet with everybody because, you know, it, like I said, it's a point in time. So it, we may not be able to 
especially the unsheltered run up uh, run upon everyone. Wow. Some are working, some are, you know, some are sleeping, some are, you know, tucked away until, you know, just depending on the other things that they they do during their their um during their day. Okay. Great. Well, is there um, anything else that you'd like to add on on the subject that we haven't asked you about? Um, let me think. Well, I mean, I just, you know, we just need to keep spreading the word, and we just keep needing to have conversations about, you know, the most vulnerable in our community and why, you know, why they're, why they're hit, you know, experiencing homelessness. You know, there's lots and lots of issues, mental health, judicial system, there's so many different things. Um, but, you know, the more that we can partner with agencies and stakeholders and community members about this issue, I, I believe the farther we can move the needle towards ending homelessness. Or I mean, even when I say ending homelessness, you know, we're never going to completely and homelessness, but our goal is to be able to have a system by which if someone does experience homelessness, it's, you know, brief and non-reoccurrent and short. We get them into housing. We have a process by which to get them into housing as quickly as possible. And if anybody's interested in, you know, learning more about the COC, I'm always available to to share and you can come to COC membership meetings and uh, we love to talk about, you know, the thing we're most passionate about. That's uh, nwacoc.com. I'm looking at it right now. I referenced <laughs> earlier with the numbers that I threw out. I didn't just know those off the top of my head, but I, you know, people want to know more about this. There's a <laughs> whole bunch of information there. So. Yeah. Well, Debbie, thanks very much for joining us today. Um, and Stacy too. Thank you for having me. Uh, great to talk to you about this issue, and it's certainly an important one, and Good luck with everything Friday, and hope it turns out well. So, Thank you. All right, Debbie, thank you. Stacy Ryburn's story about the count of people experiencing homelessness in Northwest Arkansas is scheduled to publish this weekend in the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. You can catch it on our website at nwaonline.com. Before we wrap up, I want to tell you about some of the other great content we have coming your way this weekend. Benton County Veterans Services recently established a food donation box to help area veterans. Mike Jones will have that story for us. Northwest Arkansas's urban areas have grown significantly in population, as demonstrated by the 2020 census. That means the region should receive more federal money for transportation projects and other needs. Ron Wood reports. And in Springdale, the city is hiring a company to vet potential contracts for trash pickup. Lorinda Jenks tells us more about that. From the River Valley, Monica Brick will have a preview of the third annual Fort Smith International Film Festival. And Thomas Sassente reports on the Arkansas Colleges of Health Education beginning a new degree program, a Master's of Public Health. Our What's Up section on Sunday, as usual, has all your arts and entertainment options covered. Check out Becca Martin Brown's feature on Fayetteville photographer Andrew Kilgore whose work is on display now through March 19th at the Walton Arts Center. Also Sunday, features writer April Wallace will have a profile of Helena Gaddison, a local leader who, among other things, is serving as chairperson for the United Way of Northwest Arkansas, first person of color to take on that responsibility since the nonprofit's inception nearly a century ago. 
Don't forget to check us out for the best in coverage of the Razorbacks, including Saturday's men's basketball showdown with Baylor. You'll also find coverage of the NFL playoffs, and Saturday's paper will contain a ton of coverage of our high school basketball games as well. Again, that's just a sampling of what we've got planned for our readers this weekend. Please check back with us next Friday for our new edition of the Know the News podcast. And if you like it, please subscribe. All you have to do is hit the subscribe button on your device right now. If you're interested in subscribing to our newspaper, that's easy too. Just go to our website at nwaonline.com and click on that subscribe button. Or give us a call at 479-684-5509. Thanks for listening. Again, my name is Dave Perosic, your podcast host this week. Have a great weekend and until next Friday, so long.